to Myth Men. Today, Riley is the one that is holding our myth, or is the myth holder. Yeah, I did a bunch of research on the Sphinx, something I think is very interesting. If you didn't listen to our first one, you should probably go back and listen to it, but it's not a huge deal. My yep. name is Dean, and... I'm Riley. So, what, what do you know about the Sphinx? Honestly, the only thing I know about the Sphinx is that it's... There's a big one in Egypt. That's that's honestly the basic knowledge I have of it. And my impression is that the Sphinx did come from Egypt. That's my impression. The Great Sphinx at Giza was built during the reign of King Khafre. And during his reign between 2575 and 2465 BCE. And it didn't appear in Greece until around 1600 BCE. Okay. BCE is before... Before Common Era. Okay. Okay. We, I was thinking before Christ or something, but... Yeah, that's what we used to call it, but it's BCE now. Okay. <laughs> so the Egyptian Sphinx traditionally featured a male head and wore a ne- nemes, okay. uh, an Egyptian headdress as worn by pharaohs. They were made to resemble a god or a sitting pharaoh. So is this like the symbol that's on the front? Uh, no, that was like the the headdress that they wore. Oh, the wore. whole headdress. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. Okay. They were used to resemble a relationship with Sekhmet, okay. an Egyptian goddess of war and healing. <laughs> the goddess of war and healing? Yeah. Yeah. So like... So you got both of those covered. She she can shoot an arrow through you, but also administer first aid. <laughs> she, she could fix it as well. Um, but yeah, like her role was... Like, she was a pretty prominent god in the Egyptian pantheon. Okay. I might be jumping ahead on this one, but is this, like, a... Is this a parallel between maybe, like, the goddess of war in, like, Greek mythology? Mmm. I forget. Mm, Athena? Not really. Is that Greek mythology? E. Athena is Greek mythology, okay. but, like, she's more wisdom and warfare. Okay. A little okay. bit. That's more Ares's role. Ares... Aries is, yeah, that, because that, I don't, words are Many, hard. many Aries, Aries yeah. is. Yeah, that's, that's the possessive, right? Totally. With the Egyptian Sphinx, there were variations of it. The uh, Andro Sphinx featured the head of a man and the body of a lion. Oh, okay. That's the traditional one that we all know and love. The... <laughs> Very attached. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> the Creo Sphinx featured the head of a ram, said to symbolize the god Amun. Okay, now, that name sounds familiar to me. Mm-hmm. Amun. Amun was the Egyptian king of the gods, the, the head guy mm-hmm. in charge, and occasionally fe- featured the head of a human or the head of a ram. Hmm. And uh, the third variation is the... Hyraco Sphinx with the head of a hawk. I couldn't really find a whole heck of a lot of information about this guy. That would be interesting. From what, uh, this is just me guessing, but I feel like it was to symbolize something to do with either Ra or Horus. Okay. I don't really know much about that. That's interesting though. I think the hawk is like a much more interesting thing to have the head of. Like a ram, maybe, like you can, and what was the other one? The other one was like, yeah. I feel like a hawk would ha- be like a much more interesting thing to have the head of. Uh, that's fair. They got that good eyesight. Like, really, yeah. you put the head of a hawk onto a lion? That's like an apex predator right there. <laughs> oh my god. That would be absolutely terrifying. Because then, like... <laughs> think about the size of a lion and then think about the size of a, a hawk's head in nature and then put that, <laughs> just make it bigger and put it onto a lion. Isn't that already a thing? I feel like that's already a thing. It already is. It's called the Hyraca Sphinx. Oh. Well, 
I'm an idiot. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. And this cool. thing is basically an apex predator. Oh my god. It will kill you with its claws and then peck your eyes out. I can't even imagine, like, what kind of diet would that have to eat to support that amount of... People, fear, mostly, <laughs> I would imagine those two things. Fear. Yeah. Could you imagine, like, if it decided you were the thing that it wanted to eat and so it pounced on you um, and then it tried to make eye contact but it's a bird so it had to kind of like keep tilting its head i would just that would be absolutely horrifying i would just let it happen i would <laughs> slather my neck up with butter or whatever i welcome Puts, death with yeah, open arms <laughs> await awaiting the sweet embrace of death at that point the long sleep <laughs> So anyway, the Sphinx, yep, sorry. <laughs> it had a gaze that could see into a man's soul. All I'm imagining when you talk about the gaze is like when you're si like when you're sitting in a place and you're either you're like having lunch or you're having a coffee and mm -hmm. you look up and there's this person adamantly staring at you mm -hmm. and it makes you uncomfortable. So you look away, of course, like any normal human being would do. But then you kind of like you're like, they probably looked away, too. And so you kind of like sneak a peek up a little bit. And you notice that they're still staring at you. <laughs> I feel like that's kind of what that gaze is like. Yeah, when I when I hear the word gaze, I kind of picture like kind of a wistful, longing sort of situation. Ooh. You know what I mean? What do you think you'd see if he he looked into your soul? Um, nothing good, <laughs> I would imagine. <laughs> I think he'd look into my soul and be like, "You are so sad." <laughs> You're so sad. I feel so bad for gazing just, at you. Just a lot of, I would imagine for me, just a lot of like bad things. Like, um, probably regret looking in there. <laughs> like, you know how when you search something on Google, it's like, oh, oh, God, I need to back out of this immediately. Yeah. Kind of like that situation. Oh my gosh. Or like when you open, like when you're in a public washroom and you don't know that the other person's in there. So you open the door and see things that you don't want to see and you're like, oh, oh, oh. And then you close the door. Yeah, that's kind of how I yeah. picture that going. Yeah. Uh, sphinxes, when they have something to protect, they can be ferocious, slaughtering any unworthy person who tries to approach their treasure. Wow. On the other hand, they can also be merciful and even generous huh. to people they see as being worthy. What would, what, is there stipulations as to what would make you worthy? Not having any bad intentions, I would okay. imagine, because during the reign of uh, King Khafre, he came up a few times, sphinxes became more widespread. They were placed as guards outside of tombs, temples, and funerary monuments in the Egyptian mythology, like, they were supposed to be protectors of these places. According to myth, if you were to enter these places with any ill intentions, the Sphinx would eat you. Oh, okay. Wow. Yeah. It, like, that's the whole thing. Like, it can gaze into your soul and see your intentions, and then... Oh, so you can't, yeah. like, hide anything from... Okay, that makes sense. Yeah, so... so, like, if you were a tomb robber and you were going into a pharaoh's tomb, and the Sphinx saw that that's what your intentions were... They would be able to, well, they would they just would, kill you. Yeah, so. they would see that and then they would kill you. Amazing. Well, that's so. really cool, actually. The perfect guard animal. Yeah. <laughs> you cannot enter this yard. <laughs> Giant <laughs> sphinx guarding your, like, three, your, like, tiny little land plot with one tiny <laughs> not, little picket gate. Now, thing. not all of them were the size of the great sphinx in Giza. Okay. Which, Just, it would only be able to, like, fit one paw, if it were talking about the size of a sphinx, like, in Giza, it would only fit, like, one paw in the yard, and the rest would be 
I don't know, everywhere else. A lot of them were depicted as being the size of, like, act, like life-size lions. Oh, well, that's So cool. you wouldn't have to worry about them taking a lot of space. So, really. Economical and yeah. safe. Uh, space savers, really. Like, <laughs> if you really need something guarded, get yourself a sphinx, honestly. I feel like Peter's gonna get after us for this. Why? <laughs> don't use the sphinx as a as a whatever animal well like it can get it could like see your into your soul and if it sees any ill will it will kill and eat you <laughs> sorry <laughs> so, uh the arabs uh, <laughs> called the great sphinx by the name of abu al Haul. okay I have no idea how to pronounce that. I probably butchered it. I feel like this this topic is like full of really difficult names. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. 100%. Yeah. It was rough. It's going to be rough when I get to the Indian uh, oh. stuff. Yeah, no, I'm not going to take another try at that. I'm just going to end up butchering it further. Okay. Or Father of Terror. Okay. I feel... Wow. Um... Hmm. You know, I don't know how I feel about that. Like, that's that's just enough. <laughs> like, there are, I don't know, I feel like there's certain things where it's like, you know, that could have been worded differently, or, you know, there could have been a better way to say that. I feel like that is just enough. I mean, it's like, kind of fitting when you talk about the mythos of the Sphinx, like, it being able to basically kill and eat you if your intentions are bad. Yeah. Now that I could see fostering a little bit of terror yeah. in people. Because, <laughs> like, well, I want to go and pay respects to this guy's tomb, but at the same time, if this thing thinks that I have the intention of taking something from there, yeah, it will kill me. Yeah. I wonder if that feeling, you know, when you're not supposed to do something, but you really want to do it just because... Or, like... You feel like, oh man, I don't want to do this thing, but they're going to think I'm going to do this thing. So would thinking that thing... Kind of like a reverse was... psychology sort of situation. Like, yeah, like... Try I'm... not to think about this. Try not to think about <laughs> stealing anything from the Pharaoh's tomb. Yeah. But in thinking about that, you are still thinking about it. So the Sphinx is going to know that. Yeah. But I feel like it would be able to see past the confusion in a way, yeah. if that makes sense. I think that's also just like a fear thing, right? It would be like, oh, this thing is afraid of me killing it, but it it actually just wants to pay respects instead of like, it's thinking about thinking about thinking about thinking about stealing something. I should kill it. Yeah. That kind of thing. Cut yeah. your losses. <laughs> oh my gosh. Okay, tell me more. So that is the, the Egyptian Sphinx. Okay. I am going to now move to the Greek Sphinx. Okay. I'm excited. Uh, the Greeks saw the Sphinx as a more troublesome creature. Only one existed in Greek mythology as well, instead of multiple. Okay. It was the daughter of Orthus and either Echidna or Chimera. Uh, she had the head of a human and the body of a lion. She also had eagle's wings and a serpent's tail. Okay, so this is more what I would think when I hear the word Chimera, honestly. Like, this mm -hmm. is what I would imagine as, like... Like a hippogriff or a, or a chimera. Like, that's what I would think it would Both be. Both things we're probably going to end up talking about eventually. Um, I think that that one of 
those things was on both of our lists, actually. Yes. Yeah. According to myth, the gods were upset with Thebes for whatever reason. I couldn't really nail one down. There was multiple different reasons given. Oh. Uh, the king was kind of a jerk. The gods just didn't really like how they what they did with the place. <laughs> Just this like, wallpaper with this cherry oak wood? Are you crazy? The feng shui is all off, so <laughs> we are going to curse you with the sphinx. Anyway. Oh my gosh. <laughs> so the, the that Greek... is a stressful decoration job. Yeah, like if it's the that... decorator probably had a like a hernia after just from that. If it's that bad, the feng shui is that far off that they curse you with the sphinx. Uh, <laughs> then you got to rearrange some stuff. Anyway. So the Sphinx, when it came down to Thebes, what it did was basically harass the citizens, asking them this riddle, and then if they got it wrong, it would eat them. Oh, wow. And it would also harass travelers coming into and out of Thebes. So... It would just pick a spot and just, like, harass people? It was on top of this mountain that was just outside of town. Okay. I mean, as as the king, I could see how that would be an issue for the citizen. For like, if you're a king of somewhere, you don't want citizens dying to a lion with wings and a snake's tail and a woman's face. Like, <laughs> I thought you were gonna say too often. Like, there was a point at which it was appropriate for them to be passing away at. Sorry. <laughs> like statistically speaking, you don't want very many people being killed by. A magical beast yeah. that can fly and also has an immense amount of wisdom and can just eat people whole. I wonder if that was also like, you know when you come up with a joke and it, she, you're really proud of it? I wonder if she came up with those by herself and were like, I am so proud of these, I need to share this with actually, the world. Actually, actually, Uh-oh. she was given the riddle by the fates. Huh, okay, okay, yeah. cool. That's where she got it from. Interesting. But she would tell all the citizens this riddle and then they would get it wrong and then she would eat them and just go back up to this mountain where she would hang out (laughs) and see people come into town and be like, ooh, I'm going to ask him this riddle. All in a day's work. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And then if they got it wrong, yum yum, I'm going to eat another man. Oh my gosh. Do you want to know what the riddle is? Yes, I do. Okay. Which creature has one voice, but has four feet in the morning, two feet in the afternoon, and three feet in the evening? And the Sphinx would have eaten you. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> I'm awful at I'm awful at riddles. Okay, repeat it one more time. One more time. One more time. Which is the creature that has one voice, but four feet in the morning, two feet in the afternoon, and three feet at night? I have no idea. Is it a tree or something? Oh, no. The answer for that riddle was man. Okay. Four feet in the morning, as in you're crawling as a baby. Two in the afternoon, you're walking around. And three feet at night, you're walking with a cane. Oh. Well, that's just... Well, that's just mean. Well, okay. Wow. Interesting. So, who got the question right again? Uh, The king made a promise that if anyone were to lift the curse of the Sphinx, he would step down and give the throne to whoever got rid of the Sphinx. Okay. So, Oedipus came along and heard of this promise and was like, oh, let me go give it a whirl. (laughs) And so, he went up there and he heard the riddle. I'll take my chances. (laughs) He was the only one to answer it correctly. Wow. But, something happened first. Okay. 
The Sphinx followed up with a second riddle for him. Uh oh. <laughs> Do you want to know what that one is? Yes. Okay. There are two sisters. Okay. One gives birth to the other, who in turn gives birth to the first. Who are they? Is it the fates? Ooh, no. Damn. You would have been eaten, eaten by the Sphinx again. again. That's three times, <laughs> Dean. First time was because of hesita- be hesitation. Second time because you didn't know the answer. Third time, you didn't know the answer to the second riddle. The answer, night and day. Oh. Both words are feminine in the Greek language. I just suck at riddles, though. But that... That's fair. So do I. Like, if someone... If I was hanging out in my village and someone was like, Hey, do you want to be king? I'd be like, sure, what do I gotta do? And they'd be like, answer this riddle or you'll be eaten. I'd be like, I'm good. I'm really okay. (laughs) I'm not gonna take you off on this deal. Thank you. I mean, that's fair. I'm terrible at riddles, too. Yeah. After Oedipus got both riddles correct, the Sphinx killed itself, either by throwing herself from the rocks that she was perched on, or, and I love this, she devoured herself. Okay, um, how? Listen, (laughs) the thing that Greek mythology does very well is when they want to leave details out. That's just what they do. They leave the details out. I don't understand how... Because, like, the stomach is within the body. So how do how would you... Would you start on the left foot or the right foot? Like, there's so many questions. <laughs> Listen, Dean. She was a magical beast. <laughs> I don't think she was limited by anatomy. I mean, that's true. She was not limited by her physical form. I don't know. That's just... That's just, like, a whole load of confusing. Yes. That is a yeah. whole load of confusing. Throwing yourself off the rocks? Okay, that seems reasonable if you're gonna do it. But, mm-hmm. like, eating yourself? I feel like you could only get so far at that <laughs> point. Like, like yeah, your legs will go okay. Like, you can eat your legs and survive. You could do your... You could do one arm. I'm also... I feel like, I feel like I'm not that flexible. Like, to that be is able true. to that devour is... your whole torso, mm-hmm. I feel like I wouldn't be able to bend far enough. Yeah, that's fair. And I feel like this would be, like, a whole day thing. Like, there would be a big <laughs> commitment to doing that. Because, like, I don't know how big Did your it... mouth is. Like, I don't know how many how many things you could fit in your mouth at once, but I can only fit so much. Like, yeah. I can't eat my whole leg in one go. I mean, she's a magical beast, so I bet she could do some sort of snake trick where she dislocates her jaw or something. That's probably true. And I mean, true. if you're gonna if you're gonna go through with it, yeah. like, why not go all the way? Well, I don't know. I feel like it, that is something that once you get started, how would you? You eat? are committed. Like one toe, <laughs> then you're committed already. I've like made, you have to follow this through. I've made the first step. I have to go all the way. How would you eat your own face? Um. How would you go about that? I feel like you'd die before that point. That's true. Like, as a human being, I feel like you die at that, at that point. So if if we're going off of this takes commitment and this takes the whole day, was it Oedipus? Did he just sit down and watch? I don't know. Did he leave her to her own devices? I mean, if you know more about Oedipus, he was kind of a massive pervert. But oh. anyway, <laughs> so he might have been into that sort of thing. Like, he watched the Sphinx eat itself and was like, yeah, I could do this. <laughs> I'm going to sit down and watch for a little while. Ugh. I don't think I could, I, but like, how would you know, would, did the Sphinx just, okay, you're king now, I'm just gonna, uh, and then just it went was, to it town, was, or? Just a little addendum. It wasn't the Sphinx that made that promise, it was the king oh, of Thebes. right, right. That made the promise anybody who could get rid of the Sphinx would become the king of Thebes. Interesting. Okay. Yes. Well, that's a whole lot of confusing. Okay. Mm-hmm. So what else you got? Okay, so that is the Greek Sphinx. Okay. Now I'm going to talk about, probably not going to be able to pronounce properly for the life of me, the Purushmagira? Purushmagira? 
<laughs> Sorry, you keep making the face like you're gonna like, you're gonna do it, and then it just doesn't happen. It's so hard to pronounce Indian words as a white person. Yeah, my dumb English mouth cannot wrap itself around this wonderful language. I know. Anyway, Purush, nope. <laughs> You keep making a face. <laughs> you keep making a face. Like, you keep pursing your lips and you're, like, almost ready. You, like, prep yourself. And then it doesn't happen. Here's the thing. As I was researching this, I would, like, this word came up a lot. Yeah. And as it came up, I wouldn't bother reading it in my own mind because I couldn't wrap my mind around it either. I would just, like, skip over <laughs> it and keep reading it. Oh. But now I'm confronted by this and I have to say it. <laughs> <laughs> Purusha, mer- no. I'm even making a face now. I'm like, you you see this word, yeah, right? Yeah. Yes. No. I I do not blame you for having <laughs> troubles with this word. It's a beautiful word, but like how to say? <laughs> I'm gonna you, try. You try. It. I'm gonna try. I want to get. I want to hear uh, your, your attempt at it. Purushmagura. Purushmagura. I am so sorry. That is awful. The Purushmriga. I'm going to have to say that multiple times during this story, is the Indian take on the Sphinx. It served a similar purpose to the Egyptian Sphinx, guarding temples and sacred sites. So do you want to hear the story of the Indian Sphinx? Yes, I do. This one, I had to paraphrase a lot of things from it. So You were, <laughs> you were researching this topic and you were like really vaguely Snapchat. Because when we research these topics... We, we like to keep it like semi secret from each other mm-hmm. so that we know so that we don't research it or anything and that we can be completely in the dark when we do these things. You were sending me really vague Snapchats about <laughs> like the vast amount of information there was on this. Just in this one page that I found. So take this with a grain of salt. This might not be completely correct, but English sources on the Parish Mariga are very difficult to say. I'm going to try to say that word as much as possible so I can I get the it. pronunciation right. Yep. But anyway, English sources of the Purushmriga I had a stroke there halfway through. Uh, <laughs> oh were God. few and far between. Okay. So this was the most seemed to be reliable source I could find. The story of it goes, five brothers set out on a mission to get money and uh, resources to do a ritual to gain the, the blessing of their ancestors to maintain prosperity of their kingdom. One of the five brothers, Bhima, Bhima, ran into the <laughs> Purushmriga and in awe believed it would help the ritual. The Purushmriga responded with, I will help you, but only on one condition. You must go ahead of me and direct me, taking care that you always stay in front of me and do not become an obstacle at my pace and speed. In short, you will have to run ahead of me all the time and not help me even once. If I manage to catch up with you, I will kill you and eat you up immediately. This is because I'm a great devotee of Lord Shiva, and thoughts of my lord are always on my mind. If I find that a person whom I'm following falls back alongside me and blocks my way, it will greatly disturb my concentration and meditation. So, does this look like the other Sphinx? Just like painting a picture. It looks similar, except instead of the headdress that it had, it would have the lion's mane. Okay. Instead of the the headdress. But it still had like the face of a a human. It had the face of a human and the body of a lion. Okay. Sometimes it had the body of a leopard. Oh, okay. And so Shiva was, she's the goddess of war. Am I correct on that? Or she's the goddess of... 
I think so. Uh, let's just do a quick Wikipedia break. So Shiva, it says here, and I am on Wikipedia, which is a horrible source, but she is the destroyer of evil and the transformer. So that makes sense as to why the Sphinx wanted them to run then. Prushmriga. The creature was faster than Behemoth, so as a distraction, he tossed one of his magical shivlings over his shoulder. As soon as the stone hit the ground, it was transformed into a lovely Shiva temple with its own pond. Wow. Uh Uh-huh. Can I, where do I get one of those? Can I have it transform into anything? Um, I don't really know. Because if I could like throw a rock over my shoulder and it turned into like a food kiosk, I would be okay with that. (laughs) I want a hot dog. Hot dog truck shows up after I throw a rock over my shoulder. Yes, that would be very nice. When he saw this miracle, the Purushmariga, an ardent devotee of Lord Shiva, stopped in his tracks. He took a bath in the temple, collected flowers, and worshipped Lord Shiva. Aww. And then continued chasing this dude and quickly caught up with him again. Wow. So he did this again. He threw another one of those shivlings <laughs> over his shoulder, and then this repeated itself. Wow. Twelve times. <laughs> 12 times. 12 times this dude had to throw these things over his shoulder to distract the Purushmriga. This is going to take me very many times to do. It's so yeah, beautiful. he would have to distract this thing so many times and it still it was so fast it would catch up to him like almost immediately. Oh my gosh. That's super fast. Mm-hmm. That is incredibly... That's not a jog. That's a run. That's a sprint. <laughs> Homeboy is sprinting back oh to God. the city with... This creature chasing behind him. And a bunch of rocks in his pocket. Twelve of them. Oh my gosh. That is crazy. But the Purushamigra. Purushamigra. The Purushamigra. 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 That's like when you're reading out loud in class and you don't know how to pronounce a word so you just make a mumbling noise. Purushamigra. But anyway, I have a tangent about talking... Uh, reading out loud in class. Oh, okay. Let's hear it. I don't know what happens in my brain. <laughs> I can read at a very high level. This I is can... how all good stories start. I don't know how my brain works. I can speak fairly eloquently when I need to. Mm-hmm. But I don't know what happens when I'm reading something, especially when it's words that I haven't read before or words that I didn't write. I don't know what happens, but between my eyes, my brain, and my mouth... When they're all working together, something weird happens, and the words just come out all screwed up, and I sound like I have the reading level of a three-year-old. It's very bad. But if I were to read in my own head, I would be able to understand things a lot better. Yep. And I could read at a pretty high level. Don't mean to brag, but... Yeah. I'm educated. <laughs> Don't mean to brag, but I'm very smart, okay? But anyway. Uh, That happens to me, but I think it's more like... It's almost like I'm stumbling when I start to read out loud. So, Mm -hmm. like, I'm stumbling, I'm stumbling, I'm stumbling, I fell. I'm stumbling, I'm stumbling, I'm stumbling, I fell. I don't know. That's what it feels like. (laughs) What happens with me is, like, I screw up on one word, and then the anxiety happens. And then I keep screwing up. And then my heart rate shoots Uh through the roof. I screw up again, and then my anxiety gets worse, and then it just keeps piling and compounding, and then it's like, oh no! And then... People think I'm an idiot! And then I have to go up to the teacher after class and be like, look, 
<laughs> I'm not an idiot. I don't know what happened back there. I'm not an idiot, but please do not get me to read out loud in class yep. ever again. Yep. Because one, it's very embarrassing for me. And two, I'm very, very bad at it. <laughs> Did you ever play that game in class called Popcorn when you were reading out loud? No. So in my school, we had the game called Popcorn. And if you were reading out loud, you'd think of somebody's name and you mm-hmm. would say it. And I would be like every second person that would read out loud. Why? I don't know. That's just a mean game. Yes. That's a very mean, mean game. Yes, it was awful. Why? So, you know. Let's pick on the kid that is not very good at reading out loud. Yes. And I was not very good at reading out loud. And I was, like, in high school, I was very, like, soft-spoken. And Mm -hmm. so I'm pretty sure people would just do it to get me to speak, (laughs) which was annoying. That's fair. So. This happened to me. At the college level. So it was, like, very embarrassing. Like, other people were probably thinking, how did this dude get here? (laughs) He could hardly read the words Uh, off of this page. How did he get this far in life when he's illiterate? Yeah. Like, it made it seem like I was illiterate. Yeah. I hate that. So anyway. Yes. Back to the story. (laughs) But still, the creature caught up with him and grabbed his leg just as he was getting into the city. Oh. And he's like, I have no more magic food truck I don't rocks. have any more of these magic temple rocks. I can't distract this thing anymore. But anyway, so the eldest of the five brothers. <laughs> oh. Oh, there's a name. Yep, there's a name. Okay. And I have to say it. Okay. I have to say it. Is it that one? It's that one. Oh my god. Okay. Go for it. I'm ready. I'm bad at this. <laughs> Soft okay, whispers. so the <laughs> eldest of the five brothers, Dharmaraja, not a bad, not a bad first go. Yeah, true. That, that's how it's spelled. I said it phonetically. Yeah. I tried to say the Purushmariga phonetically as well, but also it kind of sounds like I'm having a stroke halfway through that <laughs> word because I don't speak Hindi. Yeah. And I don't know a lick of Hindi yeah. at all. A lick. Uh, a lick of Hindi. <laughs> yeah, that's uh, that's kind of a very, very folksy saying. Yeah, that is a really folksy saying. <laughs> I don't know a lick of Hindi. <laughs> sorry. Wow. I know, that was real bad. Just making fun of me. I am, yeah. I'm Personal sorry. attacks. But anyway, the eldest of the five brothers. Okay. Uh, also known as the Just King, he heard the commotion <laughs> and agreed to Purusha Mariga's terms and offered his brother's leg as, you know, sacrifice because, like, that was part of the deal. I catch up to you and I eat you. However, the creature was so happy with the terms. I was like, oh, thank you for letting me. Thank you for letting me eat this boy's leg. Mm, It's so delicious. (laughs) That he didn't actually end up eating the leg, the guy's leg. What? And let him go. Oh, so it was like, wow, you're wow. so considerate. So kind. You're going to let me have... He agreed to help out with the ritual and stood as a guard to his beloved Lord Shiva's temple ever since. Wow. And wait, that was the Purushmriga that said they would stand guard? Yes. Okay. Yeah, the, okay. I'm sorry. I should wow. have said that. That's really interesting. So this... So it still guards... Yes. Wow. It still guards the temple of uh, Shiva. And it serves kind of a similar goal as the Egyptian Sphinx. So yeah. don't go in there if you intend to do bad things. Yes. Or else uh, a creature with a name that I can't pronounce, <laughs> even though I've said it like 40 Purush times. Purushamriga. That's... Purushamriga. There yeah. we go. I'm getting it slowly. It's a man. It's a tough name. This is going to be like a completely separate note, but like Hindi and other languages similar 
look really beautiful Mm -hmm. like the way that they're written their written language is like stunning to me and it's really great and i also can't imagine like the brush strokes or like that not the brush strokes but like strokes for writing these letters Mm -hmm. like that's incredible yeah it's a very very pretty language yeah when it's spoken by someone who actually knows how to say it (laughs) it's a very very beautiful language to hear and it's beautiful when it's written down but at the same time when someone who speaks one language barely fluently tries to say and a word like, in Hindi, it is just absolutely murdered. Well, and that's like, I think English is one of the most lazy languages you could possibly speak. Like, we have so much slang terms. And even like in Canada, depending on where you go, the slang is different. Mm-hmm. The laziness level is different. I mean, there's slang in other languages as well, but it's... That's true. Like, we don't get exposed to that as often because we are English. That's true. And and I don't speak any other language other than English. I know a few phrases in different languages, but other than English, I can't have a full conversation with anybody. I used to speak really low German. Mm -hmm. There's low German and high German. And low German is a lot of slang terms. But Maddie speaks a lot of high German, which is like very proper. Now, I know who Maddie German. is, but listeners oh. of the podcast might not know who God. Maddie is. Maddie is my girlfriend. Oh, cute. Of three and a half years tomorrow. Oh, barf. <laughs> Disgusting. <laughs> nice. Oh, yeah. romance. Yeah. But yeah, so she learned a lot of high German and I learned a lot of low German. And so in the beginning when we were trying to communicate that way, it just was like really... Just a complete disaster. It was, yeah. And I don't even, like when she speaks German to me now, I just respond in English because... <laughs> I don't know any of the high German words, and whenever I try and speak low German, she's like, You what? (laughs) You did what to who for how much? What? The Sphinx spread as far as Mesopotamia, the Philippines, Burma, and Sri Lanka. Wow. That is a wide range. Mm -hmm. It was a popular little, little creature. How did it get to all these different places? Trade, I would imagine. Yeah. Travel, just people traveling places. Like, with the Greeks, I know how they got, like, travelers from Greece to Egypt saw depictions of the Sphinx and saw it as beautiful and captivating and everything like that. Mm -hmm. So they brought it back to Greece and attempted to integrate it into their mythology by just saying, ah, the gods are mad at Thebes, so they sent down this creature to curse the people of Thebes. Oh. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah, so Mm. they kind of tried to integrate it into their own religion because they thought it was just very beautiful and the whole mythos around it was really interesting and stuff like that. So they kind of just did a little bit of cultural appropriation and made it Greek. Wow. It's really interesting as well because in our last podcast, we talked a little bit about like oral history Mm -hmm. and speaking about the history of things. Do you think some of the translations from people traveling and from other things like that maybe got some of the story wrong and that's why it was a bit different? That could be it, but also if you're going to look at it from through cynical eyes, <laughs> which you know I absolutely am. So I'm going to be as cynical as possible and say that they are just trying to rebrand it for an audience that is going to actually like it. That is, like, as cynical as you could get. But your explanation (laughs) is a little bit nicer, saying that it got lost in translation. Yeah. 
both could work. However, I'm thinking it's more trying to get people like to like it. I feel like that's more of a like a an ancient Greece, and I don't know, like the whole ancient Greece and and thing is your particular area of interest. Mm-hmm. So I don't know, but Greece just sounds like that type of person. <laughs> like if we're gonna make these these places into people, that they just sound like that guy. Now, if I could make a sound that sounds like me pushing up my nerd glasses here, I would do that. <laughs> But that's more Rome's thing. Like they, their architecture, their mythology, very, very heavily inspired by the Greeks. Okay. They're basically like the ancient version of Coke and Pepsi. (laughs) If you're talking like in similarities between Greece and, or not Egypt, Greece and Rome. Yeah. But when you get down to it, they are very very different culturally, but from from surface level, looking at their gods... And their architecture, very, very similar. Do you think they stole from each other or Rome was just like, I want that and stole it? I don't know enough to say. Okay. But I think that it was Greece that started it. And then Rome sort of took that and ran with it. Mm. They changed the names of the gods and rebranded it for a Roman Latin audience. I could could be totally wrong here, but that's just how you interpret it. I see it. If I'm wrong, I would love to be proven wrong on that. Like, I love learning about this stuff. So if I'm wrong, tell me that. Yeah, exactly. So Same anyway. here with my stuff, too. If I, you guys find that something's really off base, like, just let us know. Yes, and we will touch on that after we finish talking about the Sphinx. Okay, yes. The Sphinx has been found in a lot of European artwork, mostly inspired by the Greek version, but they most of the time remove her wings. In Just with Greece? Uh, no, no, like Euro- uh, European architecture. Oh, okay, like, okay. It, there's one outside of... Uh, some castle in Spain and a 15th century French artist did a few I think like paintings or sculptures or something with the Sphinx and it was like very much inspired by the Greek version it was female it was basically the same except for it just it didn't have wings I guess that would change with where they were too like I know attraction levels or not attraction levels but things that people are attracted to change with where it is and where mm-hmm. it's from so mm-hmm. that would make sense to me especially if they wanted to integrate it into their own they want to make it more attractive like they, they wanted know. to for lack of a better term again appropriate it yes <laughs> now that that's just tends to be what happens with a lot of these ancient mythologies like things get absorbed by other places because they think it's neat yeah. the sphinx is a really good example of that because of just how far it spread huge huge speaking of which there is a Masonic Sphinx as well. Okay. And researching anything with the word Masonic is gonna lead you down a lot of conspiracy theory <laughs> rabbit holes. Oh my. Now just as a note to the listener, I do not care about conspiracy theories. Don't tell me about them. I don't care. Oh man. <laughs> I just saying do not email me about conspiracy theories. I don't want to hear about how JFK is still alive. Or how aliens build the pyramids. Or that I Elvis, especially don't want to hear that last one. Or that Elvis is an alien and he just went home instead. I don't want to hear any of those kind of conspiracy theories. Especially the one about aliens building the pyramids. If I get any emails about that, I swear to God, I will report you to the, to the Illuminati. I have their email. <laughs> well, I have their, their email, email after... Their <laughs> email? Yes, I have their email after researching the Masonic Sphinx. Oh my gosh. Amazing. <laughs> so anyway... It's located... Wow, you, like, just jumped headfirst into that rabbit hole if you found their email. <laughs> yeah, I have the I have the Illuminati's email. I can't give it out. They made me sign an NDA. 
But after researching this, they did email me a cease and desist, but they didn't say I couldn't talk about this. They left this part out. Nice. The Illuminati just emailed me and said, hey, don't. (laughs) That's all it said, which is, hey, period, don't. Ellipses. (laughs) It was weird. I feel like that has a lot of power behind it. Especially when it's from the Illuminati. Yes. And you have been researching the Masonic Sphinx for like five minutes. Like, they were... I'll give them that. They were on it. They were super on top of things. Amazing. But anyway. Yes. uh, The Masonic Sphinx is located at uh, 1733 16th Street Northwest in Washington, D.C. The Sphinxes flank the front entrance to the house of the temple, uh, the Masonic Temple, and uh, adorned with inscriptions in both Phoenician characters and Egyptian hieroglyphs. The Sphinxes symbolize the pillars that stood at the entrance of Solomon's temple. Named Jason? Jaken? Jason sounds more correct. I have no experience with this, but Jason sounds more correct. Okay, sounds good. And Boaz. The Sphinx of Power on the north side, with its eyes fully open, has the Hebrew inscription, has the Hebrew name Boaz inscribed in Phoenician characters on the side of its pedestal. The Egyptian hieroglyphs carved on the front mean in strength. Uh, the Sphinx of Wisdom, with its eyes half-closed, has a Hebrew name, Jason. I could be butchering that completely. Inscribed in Phoenician on each side of the pedestal, the Egyptian hieroglyphs carved in the front mean to establish. The Sphinxes were sculpted on-site by renowned sculptor Adolf Alexander Weinman. Wow. Yeah. So that's kind of interesting how far it spread, for mm-hmm. sure, and that even, like, Masonic... The Illuminati got a like, hold of it. Yeah, and they were like, this is really cool, we should do the thing with this. The Masonic uh, Sphinx looks like a really modern take on the Egyptian Sphinx, which I think is kind of neat. A lot of, like, straight, harsh lines on it. Do you know... this? You can say no to this, but do you know when it was made? Uh, the Masonic Sphinx? Yeah. I would imagine sometime between uh, 1870 and 1952, because that's when Weinman was alive. Oh. <laughs> I couldn't get an exact okay. date on that, but... Yeah, that's okay. That's... Cool. Yeah, he was alive between those dates, so I would imagine somewhere between the time he was born and, and between, between the time he died. <laughs> somewhere in there is when he made those sphinxes. Oh my god. So he made four in total, is that correct? Two. Two. Oh, two. He was a sculptor. He did a lot of other things as well, but these are the two that he made for the Freemasons in Washington, D.C. Wow, that's interesting. Huh. Yes. I wonder what made them decide that they wanted Sphinx. Like, I mean, obviously the mythology behind it would make it very apparent as to why they wanted Um, Sphinxes. Well, Sphinxes, going back to the Egyptian mythology, like, were very wise and they were very intuitive as well because, you know, can see into a man's soul, but also very cryptic. Like, Sphinxes would also sometimes be able to tell prophecy. However, they would be very cryptic with it and so it would be hard to understand. Interesting. So, yeah, they saw them as kind of a symbol of wisdom and that would make sense stuff like that. if we were talking about the type of sphinx that would tell the riddle on top of the mountain. Mm-hmm. That would make sense then. Well, the Egyptian sphinx was also pretty supposed to be pretty wise as well. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, that's all I have for the sphinx. Any any questions you wanna? I just feel like there's a, when it comes to like the sphinx. And that kind of content, I feel like there's a lot. Like, I feel like if you guys have any questions, you should probably, like, jump down the rabbit hole uh-huh. yourself. Like, I just feel like there's just, so much. Just as a, as a general tip, if anything has the word Masonic, <laughs> Freemason, or something along those lines, be careful. 
be careful where you go from that point on because you are going to jump down some real weird rabbit holes and potentially ruin your life. Yeah, that's all the information I have for the Sphinxes. So, thanks for listening um, to episode two. We have a Twitter. You can follow us on Twitter at MythMenPodcast. We have a whopping 12 followers right now, which uh, is... 12, so... 11 followers, actually. Oh. I follow 12 people. And our email, if you want to email oh. us with any sort of corrections or any additional information that you feel like we missed out on. Please try to keep the negative emails out of our inbox. I mean, criticism is welcome. Just don't be completely mean about yeah. it. Construct- constructive criticism yeah. is completely welcome. Yes. Um, so our email is mythmenpod at gmail.com. Thank you for listening. We'll be back next time with a topic that Dean has researched. Yes. Yeah.